Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for this day, Father. I thank you, Father, God, that you are the author and finisher of our lives, my Father. Father God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. I thank you for the apostle Keith J. Brooks and his family, my Father. I thank you that you're blessing them, my Father, and you're keeping him safe, my Father, and his family and his children and his children's children. I thank you, Father God, that you're there with Sister Brooks, my Father. You're keeping them, my Father. And dear Lord, I praise your holy name. I thank you, Father God, and sending out love to all the people, my Father, that's under his umbrella, my Father. Father God, I thank you that you're blessing each and every one of us, my Father. And dear God, we thank you that the word that he brings from that throne room, my Father, comes straight from you, my Father, and it blesses our souls, my Father. And dear God, and shut up, shut up, Father God, I thank you that you've given him the wisdom, wisdom and knowledge, my Father, that he can help each and every one of us, Father. But Father God, we praise you, Father God, for doing everything that you can, Father God, for him, my Father. Bless him, my Father, and keep them safe, my Father. Father God, I praise your holy name. Dear God, I thank you now that you're watching over the gatekeepers of the house, my Father, giving us keen discernment, my Father. But, Father God, we thank you now that we got to be the gatekeepers. We got to be, keep our eyes focused and our hearts and our mind focused on what you got going on and what's going on around us, my Father. As the gatekeepers, we have to keep the members and the church safe, my Father. And, Father God, I praise your holy name. Father God, I praise your holy name. Your Lord, I thank you now that you're out here, Father God, and you're watching over the people that's protesting, my Father. Father God, the, the injustice, my Father, that's going on around the world, my Father. Father God, get to the Shalabu, God, let them know that the violence, the violence is tearing up your own property, my Father. Father God, let that be, my Father. Let it be peaceful. No more hurt, no more harm, my Father God. And dear God, I praise your holy name. Dear Lord, I thank you that you're watching over our children, my Father. 
watching over the children every day, my Father, with all this racial, Father God, that's going on in the world. Our children need to be safe. Our young men need to be safe, my Father. Bring peace, my Father. Bring peace, my Father. Let the peace of heaven come down on earth, my Father. Father God, I thank you now that you're giving us wisdom, my Father, and where to go and what to do and how to do it, my Father. I thank you for wisdom, my Lord Jesus. And Father God, I praise your holy name. Dear Lord, I thank you that you're watching over the cops, the good cops. There are good people out there, my Father, and you're keeping them safe, my Father. And Father God, I thank you tying the hands of the people who are trying to stir up mess, my Father, in the midst of the protest. You've got people trying to stir up mess, my Father. I thank you that you're tying their hands. You're shutting their eyes. You're keeping them, Father God, from being able to hurt and harm anyone, letting everyone know who they are, my Father. And dear God, I praise your holy name. Dear God, I thank you now that the children, your children, I pray for the children, my Father. This is a time that our kids don't know. This is a time that it's really unsure of what we're going to do from day to day, my Father. And, Father God, I thank you that you are the author and finisher of our lives, my Father. And, Father God, I thank you that you bless each and every parent, my Father, so that they would know how to bless their children and what to say and how to do it, my Father, and keeping the families close, my Father. And, dear God, I praise you for that, Lord Jesus. Dear Lord, I thank you now. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're going into the, the, the nursing homes, my Father. You're going into the nursing homes, my Father. And dear God, can't what the doctors can't do, Father God, you can do, my Father. And dear God, I praise you for that. I praise you that you're walking through the prisons, my Father. And Father God, you're taking care of the gentlemen, the men, and the women that's in the prisons, my Father. Father God, you're putting an end to the sickness, my Father. And dear God, I praise you for that. I pray for the I pray for our leaders, my Father. I pray for our leaders, my Father that they stop with all the bigotiveness, my Father. I pray that they come together, my Father. To God, I don't know what it's going to take, my Father, but you do, my Father. Stop all the hatred, my Father, that's going on in this world, my Father. And, Father God, I praise you now, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're watching over each and every person, my Father. But, Father God, you said we are the head and not the tail, my Father. Now it's time for your people to take charge, to stand up, to stand up and be the head, my Father. And, dear God, oh, if we stand together, my Father, in one accord, my Father, we can change a whole lot of things, my Lord. We need to come together on one accord, my Father, working to make things happen in your will, in your time, my Father. And, Father God, follow your rules, my Father. And, dear God, I praise you. I praise you, my Father, that you're opening up the eyes of all the men and women that you have put before us, my Father, that you have put over us, my Father. The shepherds of each and every church, my Father, needs to turn to you, my Father. And we, if we come together, Oh, my God, what will you remind me, Lord, of what we could do, my Father? Come together in one accord, my Father. And each and every church, my Father, come and follow what you have to do. Listen to you, my Father. Let the heads hear your word. Dear God, I praise you for it, Lord. But Father God, I am a simple shepherd. I am not a shepherd. I am, I am a worshiper, Father God. I am a worshiper. 
and 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 Father God, I will do whatever you ask me to do, Lord Jesus. Dear God, I thank you that you want to know but the people that's in the street, my Father, that don't have a shelter, my Father. You're keeping them safe and keeping them out of harm's way, my Lord Jesus. And going into the shelters, my Father, I thank you, Father God, for that. Dear God, I thank you now that you open up doors for us that no man can close, and you're closing doors no man can open, Father. I thank you for the church, my Father. I thank you for the people that you're bringing to the church, my Father. You're bringing them to the place that, Father, that I consider as the hospital for Father God, because when you walk in that door, you need to know that you they will show them that healing is in the hands of the man that's talking to you. The healing is in your hands, my Father. And when we come to you, my Father, we come to you with our hearts open, Father God, and we need your healing. We need your blessings, my Father. We need to know where to go and how to go, Father. And you put people before us, my Father, that would teach us what we need to do and how we need to do it, my Father. And I praise you for that, Lord. And I thank you that you're blessing your shepherds, my Father. But, Father God, without the shepherds, your sheep would be lost, my Lord. Without the shepherds, your sheep will be lost, my Lord. And I praise you, my Father. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for this children, the Lord Jesus. I thank you now, Father God, because it's, it's, it's getting rough, my Father. Father God, and these children need to know. They need to know who you are. Now it's too much on the Internet. It's too much stuff going on internet now, Father, and all they have is the internet. We need to do something to change that, Father God, to change that, Father God. The internet is not not a good place for kids now, my Father. God, it's not a good place for the kids right now, my Father. God, I thank you that you're taking care of us, you're guiding us, you're giving parents wisdom, my Father, and what to do and how to do it, my Father. And Father, I praise you. I praise you. I thank you for protecting Brother Pete and Uncle Leroy. And Father God, I thank you that you're keeping them safe, my Father. Keeping them safe, my Father. Dear Lord, I thank you now that, that we haven't had death, Father God, coming our way, Lord Jesus. And I praise you for that. I praise you for that, Lord. I praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. And dear God, I thank you now. I thank you now that we come together in one my father, doing what you ask us to do, my father. So here we are, Father. We're open. We're open, my father, to your love and your joy, my father. And Father God, I praise your holy name. I praise your holy name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your joy, your peace, and your happiness, my Father. Through all this, Father God, we thank you for keeping our family safe, my Father. Dear God, I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name, my Father. For you are worthy to be praised, my Lord. Without you, I'm nothing. I step behind the cross every day, Father, giving you the praise and honor, my Lord. And to God, I praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Oh, I praise your holy name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. Yes, 
yes. Father God, we praise you. Praise you, Lord. Jesus, mighty name. Say amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, God bless you. Well, God bless you. God bless you, woman of God, for praying. Hey, listen, I just want to continue on with prayer for a minute. Let's just pick it up right there. This is your Apostle Keith Brooks. Let's pray. Father, in the holy and righteous name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for the hearts of people crying out everywhere. Lord, I thank you for being our God. I thank you for doing things for us, God, that we cannot do for ourselves. Thank you for forgiveness for all of our sins and transgression, our iniquity. Cover us in thy blood, O oh Lord, and use us for thy glory, that your name will be edified in this earth, that the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ will be lifted up in the earth. Father, cover us now in your blood. Saturate me in your blood. Fill my mouth with blood. Fill the harbor of Shetiti, the altars in the hall of my heart, God, with blood. Let the altars of my heart filled with blood because in the blood of jesus christ there is holiness there is power there is strength there is deliverance there's salvation and there is keeping power god we give you praise we give you honor we give you all of the glory in the wonderful and matchless name of the lord jesus christ and all of the hearts of god's people shouted Amen and amen. Hey, beloved, this is your Apostle Keith Brooks. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is another day the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it. I was going to come to the church, but I felt led to just stay in and share with you on the prayer line. I, I want to share some things with you before I get into the word of the Lord. We'll be coming from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, but my heart is somewhat heavy from all of the things, the pandemic that's going on, and then all of the rioting, the issues that we have going on. Listen, and white folks are wondering why black folks are angry. Well, we're angry for numerous of reasons. We're angry because you've derived, you've derived us from all of our rights. We became slaves for no reason. Our families was torn apart. We was uneducated, would not allow us to be educated took our children, sent them north and east and west from fathers and mothers. They're wondering why we are angry. The world has not understood yet what they have done to another race. And that's sad in my heart because, beloved, listen, God made us all his creation. And for another creation to try to dominate another one is never of God. It is because of our lust of the flesh the pride and racial issues exist in this world. Dr. King made a statement years ago. He said, writing is a language that is unheard. And what people are really trying to do, our blacks especially, is trying to send a message to the white supremacists and all of these that we're tired. Some things are not necessarily. Let me explain what I want to say to you before we get into the word of God. Burning and looting is not the answer. We're never going to sit at the table that way. The only way we can come to the table with white supremacists and white is by educating our mind. All we're doing is helping them 
with insurance money. Once you burn down their place, they just file the insurance and they rebuild and make it better than before and get money in their pockets. So that is not the answer. The answer is that we as a black people need to understand, yes, spiritual things, but yes, we need to understand some physical things in this life. We're always trying to educate our spirit, man, and that is right, because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. But we are still living in a world that we need to prepare ourselves and educate ourselves to sit down with a decent conversation and allude to some of this foolishness that is going on. Isaiah chapter 60 says this, Arise and shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Watch verse 2, though. It said, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Beloved, if we put God where he belongs, we can put this world back in some kind of shape that we can live a decent life. We got this idiot, and I hate to say it, but I feel somewhat perplexed in my spirit, in the White House saying, Surely there's going to be looting with all the thugs and stuff. There's going to be shooting. And he has the galls and the audacity to put down blacks. But it's not only black looting. It's all race. But because we are put down so much, listen to me, beloved. It is time that we educate our minds. Stop using excuses why we cannot educate. That's the only way. You say, well, education won't do it, but it gives you a better defense than what we're doing right now. God is our source. We know that. Isaiah 58 said, cry out. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression. And the house of Jacob... Their sins. It's not only for the blacks to cry out. The white must cry out. Evangelic. But most of them don't want to cry out against racial injustice because they work for money. And they don't want to lose a paycheck. I want to talk to you tonight from the book of Ephesians. Chapter 6. I want you to go there with me because that's something God placed upon my heart, and I believe that it's powerful for you and I. I remember that the book of Ephesians was written in Rome in 64 AD. It was sent by Tacus, Colossians, and to uh, Philemon. And most of the importance of Ephesians was to help the church to contain its highest status of the truth, but it never gave the church an order how to walk in that. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to deal with this because Paul dealt with it in a way that it is more important to us now than ever before. Paul started off in Ephesians chapter 6 with dealing with children and parents first. He was telling the children to obey their parents and the Lord. 
that their days may be long upon the earth. He gave a promise with that, and it came from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, around verse 12. It said then that the land, that they will live prosperous in the land. But notice how Paul structured this. He said, honor thy father, which is the head of the house, and thy mother with a commandment. And this is a promise from God. Then Paul goes on to tell us about bond servants and masters. He tells the servants how to obey their masters. And, and, and that kind of perplexed my spirit. It, it put me in an uneasy situation because it let me know that slavery has been even during Jesus' time. Paul addresses it. And tell the servant to obey their masters according to the flesh with fear and with trembling and with singleness of heart, like unto Christ. In other words, I'm to serve the master like I serve God. Now hear me, beloved, because some of us have been, I, I hate to say it, whitewash or brainwash, because we don't know how to separate the two. God is in everything. Hear me well. But we need to learn how to deal in this physical life. Your saying is, we're all heaven bound, but we're no earthly good. Because many of us don't know how to function outside of spiritual things. We lose it because we're not training ourselves how to deal with a physical world. We just want to stay spiritual, pray, and let the physical die out. It's not good, beloved, and it's not the way God designed this thing. But Paul goes on and tells the master even how he should treat the slaves, the servant. He must treat them with respect like he also know that he has a master in heaven, which is God. But most people don't look at life that way. And I'm speaking from the culture of what we're living in, especially with these racial issues that we have, bigots, because white feel like they are dominant over us. And that's not God. But it's our fault as well because we are afraid and we elude educating ourselves. We don't want to do nothing. We want everybody to give us a hand. We don't like to work hard. We want easy come. That's not the way this world was built after Adam's sin. We must work the work of him while it is day. Jesus said no man works when it comes dark because he don't have no light in him. We have to give four, eight hours of work. Most of our culture are in a lazy state. Not all, beloved. Hear me. Hear my heart, please. We find every excuse why not to do than to try to find reason why can we do. That leads me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Now, what Paul did, Paul gave us the mindset to approach conflict. Because that's what we are in now, beloved. 
were in the midst of conflict. And here is how he said it. Finally, my brothers, I want you to be strong. And then the power of God's might. Now, that's not going to excuse me from dealing with this fleshly side. Paul is going to help me to approach it in the spiritual aspect on that spiritual side. But the first man, Adam, was of the earth. The second Adam was a quickening spirit. Adam had to deal with life from the physical standpoint. Now you and I have the second Adam. He has taught us how to deal with life from the spiritual standpoint. Notice how Paul put this thing. And I want to talk to you because he's telling us how to approach conflict. We know we don't fight against flesh and blood. We can arm ourselves with AK-47s, 357 Magnum. We can arm ourselves with all kind of natural weapons. And that's what they're trying to bait us into a battle, a war over racial issues. Revolution right here in America. Because they understand they hold more weapons than we do. Our weapons are not carnal. But they're spiritual. Now hear me well. Because when Paul was telling the Ephesian church, you get ready to approach conflict. Prepare your minds. These are not easy days. We're headed in great tribulations, wars and rumors of war, all of these things that are happening, pandemic. Listen, we're in the midst of all of this coronavirus. Then we got all of this foolishness starts. Look at all of the things that are popping up one behind the other. It's like the whole world is out of control right now. Now understand how God dealt with Noah. While the whole world was in chaos, God pulled his servants aside. And began to prepare their mind for greater things that's coming. Said to you on Sunday, prepare your minds for the next level of God. God is not sleep, beloved. You can rest for sure. His eyes is upon all of this. God is watching. And the cries of God's people is coming to his ears. Notice Paul said, put on now the arm of God. I like this because I've been looking at the little television uh, series of Black Lightning. And, um, I'm in it. My God, I'm in that. Because I see a lot of spiritual things in it. When the guy put on his suit, he's anointed with power. Notice Paul said, you're approaching a conflict. Put on your suit so that you'll be anointed to deal with this conflict. 
When black lightning suit up, he ain't, he's not normal no more. Now, I grew up on Superman and Commander Cody and stuff like that. But I'm looking at black lightning. I'm looking at the technology, the way the electric, the, the electrician coming through his hands and his power. And I hear Paul say, shoot up. Shoot up, beloved. Stop whipping and crying and shoot up. You cannot shoot up unless you know him first. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand. That's military turn. After you have battled, stand and be prepared for the next round. Stand up and be ready. Now, I want you to hear, Apostle, because when he says that you may be able to stand, watch what he said against the wows. Of the devil. He said, I need you to prepare yourself for all of the schemes, all of the trickery, all of these things that Satan thoughts have alluded toward you and I. I want you to be prepared to deal with life outside of the church. Now, you hear me, beloved. Because the schemes and the thoughts of Satan are only wires shooting at your mind. When a person's mind is off balance, he or she cannot perform. Anytime a man or woman approaches a fight and they're looting in their mind that they're going to lose that battle, they're not in balance. They're going to lose that fight. Why is that? Because they're standing against the wiles of the devil now. In other words, something is tricking your mind. Something is scheming against you. Anytime you and I is under attack, Satan has been playing with your mind. I'm going to keep it real tonight. Since Donald Trump been in the White House, our Caucasians' friends have gotten the other attitudes. They got this bigoted kind of spirit. And the reason for that, because anything that's in leadership, it trickles down. Whether it be good or bad. The Bible said, what can the righteous do if the foundation be cracked? America foundation is cracked. And we as Christian Holland, let's pray. Let's pray. And that's good. That's what we're supposed to do. But after you get through praying, you got to do something. Abraham had to trust God. He prayed and he prayed, but he still had to do something. 
Moses prayed and he prayed, but he still had to do something. Joseph prayed and he prayed, but he had to do something. We're looking for God to bail us out. When God said, I've chosen you all. You're my eyes in the earth. You're my feet. You're my hands. You're my brain in the earth. And I'll use it if you allow me to. Notice the word of God in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know, beloved. They're not our enemies. And our fight is not with them. Hold on for a minute. I see this thing today like light is on my right hand. I want you to hear, Apostle. Darkness is on my left hand. Now, Jesus said that over to Matthew 25. By around verse 41, the Bible says, Then shall he, Jesus, also unto them that are on my left hand, he'll say, Depart from me, ye are cursed into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil, watch this, beloved, and his angels. So the right side, I'm going to say, is my light. The left side will be the dark. Now notice what Paul said. I want you to get ready to uh, prepare yourself for approaching a conflict. We're suited up. We got our minds stable. He said we're not fighting against each other. But what's happening? There's a principality. Now hear me. When the devil and his angels lost their first estate, according to Jude, chapter 1, round verse 6. It says that the angels were kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, had reserved in everlasting fire. Now watch this. They did not lose their titles. They lost their position, but not their titles. So we're fighting against principalities, which means a state. If we talk about angelology, it is the fifth highest order of an angel out of a nightfall celestial. So if you count from one to nine, principality is number five. He was in the order of God. He lost his place. He did not lose his title. He'll pass away. He was in the hierarchy. He understand the power, which means he has a prince over him that rules. So we're fighting against principality. Ranking in the ninth fool, he's number five. Follow me, because the battle is getting intense, y'all. And we need to understand how to walk in this life with God and deal with life physically as well. God never called cowards. 
God chose men and women who are strong and firm. Y'all were gangsters in the world. Didn't play. Drop of a hat. You wanted to fight. You wanted to shoot. You got in the church world and you became wimps. Why didn't God save you? Now, we don't walk under that order anymore, but it's still in you. Against principalities. Against power. That word means dominions. God told us in Adam, in Genesis, he gave us power. Power over dominions. We're supposed to rule. We have power to delegate angels to work on our behalf. Somebody said, we'll call everybody in. Let's fast and pray. We can do that, and God will move. But guess what? That thing you got in your mouth called a tongue, it holds power. If you speak it into the atmosphere, the dominions, we can put a lot of stock to a lot of things. Paul said, I prepare you for the conflict. Don't become sidetracked. All what television is saying, all what's going on. One preacher asked me, Pastor, are you going to Cincinnati in March? I said, I don't think so, bro. It didn't start in Cincinnati. That ain't where it started. But all the same people that's marching in Cincinnati ought to march at the polls and go vote. We wouldn't have all of this foolishness going on if we vote. Many of us won't vote. Then we always criticize who's in the place. Was it president, candidates, or whatever? Half of us don't vote. We don't have a voice. But you got a voice. March down to the poles. So now we're against rulers. Satanic imps. Which means something has been characterized. The scripture substitute for the devil. The Bible uses the word antichrist. The mark of the beast. Man of Listen, God's trying to wake us up. Paul is saying you're porting conflicts. Rulers of darkness. That light on the right, that light on the left, uh, the darkness on the left. Here it is. On the right, there's light. But there's something trying to creep out of the left side of darkness over into the right. Now, the darkness cannot comprehend the light. But if there's anybody over there in the light that has the darkness in them, he'll be able to attach to. That's why as children of God, we must learn to walk according to what God says, not according to what the world is dictating. Hear me. We can change what's happening by walking according to God. Now you say, well, preacher, listen, listen. You told me to educate yourself. Yes. 
Because here's how we try to deal with issues, most of us black. Instead of deal with a vocabulary, we want to turn violent, put our hands up. We want to swing on them, knock them out. We don't want to educate our brains. Some will use profanity and curse about. I, I love you, Sister Sheila. God bless you for the testimony. Because that's most of what most of us want to do. We want to use profanity instead of get a vocabulary, instead of get a brain to learn how to answer questions. I'm so afraid of this, this millennial generation. Half of them cannot talk decent conversations. They stay on the telephone. Their neck is going to be broke after a while from bending down so much. They're afraid to pick up a book. Afraid to educate their minds. Hey, listen, the system was created to destroy us. Paul said you're in a conflict. And we as parents say, yes, take the fall. I'm guilty. That way we ain't got to deal with them. They can stay occupied on telephone. But their brain is burning up on foolishness. They're not educating their mind. They can't even hold a decent conversation. You listen to some of our black athletes. Yeah, man, you know what? Uh, you're talking to a woman. Why you keep saying man? You know, you know. No, I don't know. That's why I asked you the question. They're not educating their mind. That's why society has got to steal in cycles. We fall right in the trap. Hey, listen, I got a son here that can play football. I got a son that can wrestle. They are resources. But guess what? When they become great, that's our resources. That was supposed to make our nationality, our group of people, blessed. Guess who gets them to be aged? Caucasian and Jews. But that's our resources. Your children are your resources. But when they become great, hey, I'm not knocking anybody to eat his own God for us all. Wherever you find love, that's a blessed thing for you. God bless you. But notice all our black athletes. Soon as they make it, they go marry the Caucasian race. Take all the money, bring it over there. We are in a battle. Surely there's a black woman somewhere. They can bless your life. They got a system for us. And the system is to keep you bound. Paul said you in a battle. When are we going to wake up? When are the church going to wake up? When are the blacks going to wake up? Cannot you see what's happening? Oh, it ain't, it ain't bother me. It haven't hit your household yet. Haven't hit you close yet. Not in your family. Not some of your loved ones. That's when we realize what's really going on, beloved. Paul said, listen, you're approaching a conflict battle. And you're dealing with spiritual wickedness. Hey, beloved. How is it that you can film a policeman with his hands in his pocket, with his knee on a man's neck, and he has no regrets of being filmed? 
Because he understands. That's a slap on the wrist for him. Because, hey, that's a dog like what he's got his knee on. Young black brothers, you better wake up. You better wake up quick. Because time is ticking real fast. And society is not giving you a chance to do what you need to do. You got to wake up. How is it that you know you're being filmed and you have no animosity, no regrets for getting up off of him? Hey, man, this guy was charged with 17 complaints. He had been through all kinds. This dude should have been ripped off the police force. But, hey, it's a good old boy situation. Slap on your hand. You got your knee on another black man that can't breathe. Paul said, we're in a conflict. How do we educate our children that don't want to hear, that rebels against teaching? Oh, y'all all foggy. You don't get it. We do get it. We understand. And beloved, guess what? It's going to get worse before it gets better. And the only way it's going to get better, we're going to have to educate our brains. Yes, along with God, you need God. Seek first the kingdom. But there's some times, I include myself, there's some times you got to say what you got to say, and that's not being unspiritual. That's just keeping it real. But don't get angry and don't sin. Keep you cool because God got you. Paul said, you're approaching conflicts. Anytime you approach a battle or conflict, your adrenaline begins to flow. You're not afraid. Your adrenaline has been given to you by God to say you're approaching danger. Saints of the living God. There's some wickedness going on on the left side. We're going happy-go-lucky like, man, what, next? I don't care. It hurts my heart. We that love God trying to figure out which way and what do we do now, God. What you're seeing and I'm seeing right now in 145 different places is people saying, I had enough. I'm tired. We are tired. God is getting tired. And after a while, beloved, if he keep going like he's going, I believe that Jesus is soon to come. Let's make sure you are saved. That's what Paul was doing with the Ephesian church. Make sure you're right with God. You can't battle these things, principality, powers, rulers, and darkness in high place, if you're not saved. Wouldn't it be sad to live in hell? Then die and go to hell. Woo, that's going to be sad. 
You battle all your life here. And then die and go to hell and battle throughout eternity. That was a rich man sat in his lustrous house, but a poor beggar was sitting by his gate. Poor beggar suffered right here, but when he died, he had heaven. The rich man thought he had it all together here. He died, he went to hell. Paul said, you're approaching a conflict. Here's how you got to do it. And we're through. Verse 13 says something to me. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. You cannot leave your helmet off. Can't leave your belt off. You can't leave your breastplate. You can't shoot. You got to have it all. I used to ride motorcycles when I was young and put a helmet on. It was hot. But I understood that my head was no match for that concrete. So I wore the helmet. He's saying, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in evil days. And having done all, stand. Come on, let's battle. Stand therefore, having your lawns girt about with truth. In other words, just put your belt on around your waist, man. Tighten your pants up. I don't want to see you real again. Pull your pants up. That's the creative thing to keep our black bondage a prison thing. They're saying you're not a man. You're somebody's boyfriend. You're gay. Pull your pants up. Put your belt on. And then somebody say something to you, you're ready to fight. Paul said, put on your belt, man. It's truth. Now put on a breastplate of righteousness. Guard your chest with justice. Verse 15, and keep your feet shod with the preparation. In other words, put on shoes like you preach the gospel. You wear the past shoes, you ought to preach like that. You ought to testify for God. You got those shoes, then act like it. Above all, take a shield of faith that you may be able to stand or be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And you can't duck and dodge without a shield. You need that. Last one I'm done. Put on your helmet, beloved. Educate your mind. Take care of your brain. Bible says, Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto me. I want to point you, my aim is to point you toward God. But even Jesus had enough when you went to his daddy's house and decided to make it a house of merchant. He said, enough is enough, Jack. And he got him a whip. And he began to throw tables over. Can you imagine seeing Jesus hitting folks upside the head with a whip? Money hitting the ground. I can hear the change hitting the floor. Sheeps are bleaking. 
doves are flying all. This is a house of prayer. You made it a den of feed, but the zealous of the house have eaten me up. Don't mess with my daddy's house, he said. His mind had to be right. Salvation, the hell that keeps your mind right. Educated, not only spiritual. You can't go on the job and say, praise the Lord all day long. You got to have something between your ears to keep a job. It's enough, y'all. It's enough. It's enough. Stop waiting for hand-me-downs. Stop waiting for a handout. You're gifted by God. You're well-endowed with power from God. There is nothing God's people cannot do. The only thing you need to do is get up and make the first step to go do it. Cannot conquer a thousand miles until you make the first step. And after the first step, you don't have a thousand. You got 999 left. Because you can do it. Paul said you're forcing a conflict, a battle. Strange, beloved. Look at all what's going on. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just thank you for this night and I thank you for the word of the Lord, and Father, I pray that your word find good grounds in the hearts of your people. And I pray that we wake up and realize that we are more than conquerors. But you cannot conquer a battle until you get on the field. You cannot conquer a fight unless you get in the ring. You cannot conquer anything unless you get off the sidelines and get involved. God, I believe it's time for every child of God to get involved first spiritually. Then God, our means of helping others. God, help us. Direct our steps and we'll do it, God. But you've already told us to feed the poor, clothe the naked. You've told us what to do. You've already told us how to help God. Say, so what about all of this chaos? Father, this is like the inner resurrection that Barabbas was in, eluding, fighting. All of these things is scripture. There is nothing going on in America, in this world, that is not in the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you for saving us. Open our eyes of understanding that's been darkened. Turn the light on, Lord. Turn it on, Lord. We may understand what you've chosen us for. I bless these tonight. In the wonderful name of your son, Jesus the Christ. And all of God's people hearts shouted, amen and amen. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Uh, uh, if you want... To ask the Apostle any questions, Sister Montina, please unmute everybody. If you got any questions you want to ask the Apostle tonight, you can feel free to do so. And I'm help of the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll answer your question. So do anyone have a question tonight? Or 
right. Pray that the word of God has found peace in your heart. And uh, it's, a, it's a terrible thing, but it's an awesome thing that when we read history, I, I have a, a, a black history book, and it's, it's part about Eric Gorn's wrote some years ago concerning all of what went on in our life as blacks. And it will it will really prick your heart, but it will also make you angry because you see it. And you say, well, God, what is the answer? The answer is God, but the answer is that we must educate ourselves to deal with the issues that are at the table. Uh, I looked at one of the movies one time, and it hurt Apostle so bad, but the statement was true. Um, the big drug dealer was using the black guy to peddle all his drugs. And then the black guy thought he could sit at the big table with all the big-time drug dealers. And he made a statement that says, you don't take your pit bull and set him at the table to eat with you, do you? And that man, that hit me. It hit me real hard because the statement is true. We don't peddle drugs. They bring them into our neighborhood. They bring alcohol into our neighborhood. They bring everything into our neighborhood and get us to peddle it to destroy ourselves. We're like the pit bull, but you'll never sit at the table. But they are angry at you for other reasons because God has gifted you. Hear me, black men. Hear me, black women. You're very gifted. You're intelligent. You can do anything. They have to go to school to be taught, and that's right. But some of you are just born with it. You are gifted, and they're afraid of that. So they'll keep their feet on your neck as long as they can. In this case, they put their knee on George's neck because they want to keep you down. They're afraid of you. Ethiopians, you'll run again, but you must get up. And understand how great you are. And watch what God do for you. Hey, I love you all. God bless you tonight. This is Apostle, and I'm about out of here. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. Pray that God do something in this world. For the light of Christ has come, and I know that it's time for Jesus to show up and to show out in this life. I just believe all of this epidemic, all of this quarrel, all of this stuff going on. God is just preparing the church to stand up and rise up, man. And that's what we're going to do, both spiritually and physically. We're going to do it, y'all, because we are capable, because we are God's children. Hey, I love you. Pray for me. I'm out. God bless you. Have a blessed night. You know what to do with your offerings, your support. Call Sister Carol or go online and uh, do what you have to do. Hey, God bless you. I'm out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.